Welcome to the Inner Dialogue podcast. Inner Dialogue is a space unveiled from filters and sitting in vulnerability. It's your inner thoughts, the inner conversation you have with your inner self. My goal is never perfection, but starting and growing as I go. I'm happy to have you on this journey with me of Inner Dialogue. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Okay, I guess I'm just going to keep talking. I wanted that as my intro because it just feels like really fitting. This is me in my closet right now. It's the dampest space we have in our apartment. Something that is I was just processing (laughs) is that it doesn't have to be perfect. I just have to start. It's never going to be It's never going to be perfect. I'm never going to have it down to exactly the way that I think needs to happen. So why don't I just start and see what happens and grow as I go? Right now, I'm sitting in my closet and with my computer on a trash can. I took the trash out because I didn't want it to be stinky in this very small space. <laughs> I'm sitting in a fold-up chair that belongs to a table that is an outdoor table, yet it sits in our house because it's the only table that we have. We realized a couple of months after living here that we needed a space to sit inside, so we moved this our table inside. The table I had originally bought to be on the patio. That's okay. I guess it's a balcony. We live in an apartment that is not... It's a fine apartment. It's fine. It's not glamorous, but I'm grateful to have it. I'm grateful to the situation of moving here, sight unseen, being in Colorado. If this is the place that we started, fuck yeah, we have a lot of growth that we can do, which is incredible. Inner Dialogue was brought to me in a moment of processing a couple weeks ago. The name, the journey, where it's going to start, not really where it's going to start, but just I've had all these desires inside of me for the last couple of years, and I know that they were one day going to connect in a beautiful way, and it just had not, I had not been able to process what that was going to be like yet. And again, God Angels Universe has a bigger plan for me always, and I am just here to listen and to trust the nudges and to trust that if the nudge that I'm following is not right, that I will be nudged in a different direction and new opportunities will present itself. And that's kind of what has happened with this podcast. Inner dialogue is something that I'm excited to grow. I'm excited to see where it goes and excited to see the places that it takes me as a human in my growth, but also the conversations that I get to have with other people about their inner dialogue and their experiences. When I think inner dialogue, it goes back to the intro, right? It's a space that is unveiled from filters. (laughs) It's just truly your inner dialogue, your inner self, talking to oneself so candidly and trusting that conversation. And let me tell you, every single one of us has a voice inside our heads that is our own. We have our own voice, right? And you realize it. When people start to come to you and open their inner voice, open that inner dialogue and say, this is what my inner self is saying and I trust you to hold on to it. I've had that experience my whole life with people. People come to me out of nowhere and they open up their hearts and their souls and the things that are hurting and bothering them on the inside and they say, Alyssa, can you hold this for me for a while? Can you help me understand this? 
not always, but I'll sit with you and I'll ask questions and I'll make you feel heard. I am learning how to trust my own inner dialogue, my own voice to have these conversations with myself and to understand them. Our inner voice is so loud, but our inner voice is there for a reason. And we have to ask it questions and we have to learn about it. And we have to come to understand why it's there and why it's trying to tell us things. I had this thought recently and boy, the saying, I believe in myself. Yeah, that's important, right? I believe in myself. I believe that I can do things. I believe that I can accomplish things. I, I believe that I am capable. We say that to kids a lot. I believe in myself or believe in yourself. You can do it. Something that I realized the other day was I needed to, yes, believe in myself, but I also needed to believe myself. I needed to trust and understand myself. I've gone through so many moments in my life where I have prioritized believing in other people and not myself. And what I'm learning is you can do both, but you have to start with yourself. You have to. If you don't give yourself that kind of love and trust and belief that you give other people, you can't ever fully mean it. I used to sit in so much jealousy, so much jealousy. Every room that I would walk into, I would look at people and I would be jealous of what I saw on the outside, jealous of their body, jealous of the way they carry themselves. I would compare my own self to them and wonder how they got to be that size or look that way or talk in the way that they did. And that's hurtful, not from them, but from me, from me to my own self. To sit in that sort of discomfort, to put myself in that place of discomfort. <sighs> my partner and I have kind of been on this journey where we move to a new place and we don't know a lot of people. And for me right now, that's okay. I'm very content and happy with that because I need to be spending time with myself and learning about myself and doing things that make me happy and not focusing on just what other make how I can make other people happy. It is not my responsibility for to control your happiness. It is never my responsibility. It will never be my responsibility. If we are going to have a shared experience and you are miserable, that is not my responsibility. If you don't want to be miserable, don't be miserable. What is making you miserable? Change it. If we are going to sit in a shared experience like that, I'm going to come out of it with my own experience. It doesn't matter what your experience is because it's not my own. And I can't control you. I can't control the way that you experience something, your inner dialogue, or the voice in your head that's telling you that you are uncomfortable. What is making you uncomfortable? Deal with it. Deal with it. Open yourself up to the uncomfortability. Ask yourself, why am I uncomfortable right now? Am I uncomfortable because I'm in my own body? That's what made me uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable everywhere I went. I was uncomfortable for 15 years of my life, more. 20 years of my life, yeah, 20 years of my life because of my body. And I, you can't get away from your body. Have you tried to leave your body at home on a Monday? It doesn't fucking work like that. 
I've talked a bit with my therapist about my body and how I feel about my body now. And something that has come up recently was my body, like it came up. Okay. Let me start over. Let me get some water. <laughs> Gotta take care of myself, right? Glug, glug, glug. Wow. I got hyped up. I needed to bring myself back down. <laughs> oh y'all, this is so fucking good. I'm so excited that you're here with me. I hope you realize your inner dialogue is a safe place. And a lot of people don't, but your inner dialogue is the safest place because it's your own voice, your own thoughts, your own opinions, your own frustrations, your own uncomfortabilities, your own love. You are the only person that can experience the things that you experience. Only you will ever have your experience. It does not matter if you are sharing the exact same experience with another human being. You do everything the exact same. You wear the exact same thing. You say the exact same things. You are still going to have your own experience because of your inner dialogue, because of your inner choices, because of your inner vibration and the way that you live in this world, the way that your soul was designed to be. Fuck, I don't remember what I was talking about now. Roll the tape back. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, my body. Okay. So I went into therapy very early, and this is something I have been saying for a few years, and I now understand why I've been saying this, but I've said that I don't think my body is at the size that it's meant to be at. I think that I was afraid of activity for 15 years of my life because activity was a way to lose weight. And I became very well known about my weight, very apparent of my weight at a very young age. That was a conversation in my life, in my house with my family, with cousins, with friends, weight was a concept, but my weight specifically was talked about very heavily of, in my own head of that it needed to change because that's what everyone told me that I needed to do, that I needed to change the way my body looked. And so I was restrictive, restricted and food became this is good versus this is bad. And you have to be careful of how much good versus how much bad you're eating. And if you eat these bad foods, they will make you fat, which makes you bad, right? Like the concept of being fat was a bad thing. It was like, you're not taking care of yourself because you're fat. You don't exercise enough because you're fat. Your body is bad because you're fat. You should feel uncomfortable because you're fat. And so I had this idea in my head that I didn't know how to take care of myself. And part of that is I didn't, I didn't learn how to take care of myself and my relationship around food as a kid. I didn't learn that. So as a 26 year old woman now in my life, for the last couple of years, I've been working on intuitive eating and a piece of that has my body, the way that I carry my body, the way that I live in my body is changing with that and growing with that. And so for example, I weigh myself periodically to check in with my body. So it's like a month every six weeks, maybe two months that I just step on the scale to kind of evaluate with myself. How you doing? How's your body feel? Right? Nick, of course, my partner, <laughs> he's a technology person. And so even our scale is like a technology scale and it like tracks our weight inside of an app outside of the scale. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But it'll even tell you like on the scale, like how much weight you've gained or lost since the last time that you stepped on the scale because you have a profile. 
I've said that to a couple of people and they're like, I wouldn't be able to do that to see like how much weight I've gained or lost like a visual like that. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You should work on that relationship with the scale. That's something that you should talk to yourself about. That inner dialogue is powerful. Ask yourself why. So from last June, June 2022 to April 2023, my body has naturally, without me eating specific foods, dieting, or like doing anything super intentional to lose weight ever, like no intentionality in that, my body has lost almost 12 pounds over a year, not a year, 10 months. And the time doesn't really, I guess the time is important in that because I used to think and desire, how can I lose this weight the fastest? But let's take a moment and take a step back from that. If we are trying to live healthy, long lives, why are we in a rush to lose weight like this? That's diet culture. That's society telling you that you need to be a certain size. Let's take a step back and ask ourselves why. Our bodies are not designed to lose weight very quickly or to gain weight very quickly. Our bodies aren't designed that way. My problem my whole life was I would get into this diet cycle and I would try something that I, that, to see if it would work, right? I one time, my, <laughs> after my freshman year in college, I was always a bigger person, a bigger girl, and I've been on diets since I was a kid in my teen years, even before maybe, I don't know. I'd have to actually like go back and think about it. Where was I going with this? Oh, after my freshman year in college, I came home from college and I heard on the radio an ad for this weight loss program where you, it was like $2,500. It wasn't cheap. It was a lot of money that I had paid for this. And I literally had to get my, a like second person to sign the forms for like the credit loan so that I could get this weight loss program. So the scale that they measured you on told you a lot of things about your weight. And one of them was my metabolism. And I had the metabolism of a like 89 year old. I would have been 19. Okay. Put that in perspective. So you did drops in your water, I believe, and it was a pill that you were taking to, and you had a journal that you tracked every single thing that you put in your body, and they gave you foods that you could eat and recipes that you could make. And I'm, I'm like, when I'm talking about the recipes, I actually didn't make a lot of them. I lived at home that summer because it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, so I was fortunate to have um, my mom making a lot of those meals for me and supporting me in that. And I would pack a lunch to go to work every day. And I was working a very physical job. I was working at my family's company that summer and my family's company is a carpet cleaning company. So I went, I don't remember how much weight I lost, but it must've been like 20 or 30 pounds in a two to three month period. And I remember one of my aunts asking me when we saw each other that summer of essentially asking, is that healthy for you to be like losing that much weight that fast? And I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm still eating. I'm still doing these things. I'm just using this like system and the drops. And like there was one day a week that 
all you were supposed to eat was apples. And then at the end of the day, you could eat as much steak as you wanted. So all day I would just eat apples. I went to a friend's graduation that summer and I was there for one night and I got there late at night the first night and then left the next afternoon. I didn't go to lunch or like participate fully in that event because of this diet. And I went to the store in that town and bought more apples to eat while I was there because I was hungry. And then I went back to school as a sophomore and I gained it all back plus probably 20 or 30 pounds from the amount of diets that I've done in my life. If I haven't, if I, you can't think of what ifs, but every single one of them, I went on it. I lost some significant amount of weight very quickly within sometimes even a six month to a year period, three months, two months, six months. It didn't matter, right? It was a very short period. If you think of long-term life as a teenager or my early twenties, I'm 26 now. And every time I would stop the diet or I would cheat, uh, let's talk about that sometime. The concept of cheating with your food. Gag me with like 10 corn dogs. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, let's talk about that some other time. I'm gonna, I don't have, I'm, okay. Ah! <laughs> wow, cheat is a fucking trigger word for me, I guess. Like, look at me right now. I can't even fucking focus. Like, my brain is like, I heard that a couple times this past weekend and I'm like, you can't cheat with food. You need food to survive. You need food to live a long and healthy lifestyle. Like, you need to eat. You need to eat. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That makes me like, <sighs> I went on a bachelorette party. I went to a bachelorette party this weekend and it was absolutely wonderful in every way. And I haven't been around a group of women in a really long time. I moved nine months ago, let's say, and I hang out with my partner, Nick, and we have two friends Nick, that we hang out with pretty often. And I see some other women when I go to work with my nanny and babysitting families. Spending a weekend with a group of eight other women. Yeah, I haven't done that in a really, really, really long time. <laughs> Since my bachelorette party. At the end of 2021. But I was telling my therapist the amount of times that it came up about what we were eating. Or people would comment on food. Or the food that they were consuming. Or gaining 10 pounds during the weekend or not fitting into their clothes or needing to go to the gym. There was a lot of that, which again, I have no judgment for because I get that conversation. That's part of society. It's part of society. It's just this regular part of society for women to comment on their bodies, to comment on their, what they're eating, to comment on their lack of habits, to comment on lack of taking care of themselves and to feel guilty for those things, right? I do believe that we need to take care of our bodies. Our bodies need, we need to fuel them with foods that are healthy and come from the ground, but also like you need all the other stuff right? You need carbs and breads. You need meats occasionally, not every meal. Like I eat meat most meals, not every meal, but not normally for breakfast, but I'd have meat a lot. Not every meal. I don't know. 
I have to look into that a little bit more and actually pay attention to how much meat I'm genuinely eating because we do eat meat for most meals, I would say. Not always breakfast, but some meals don't have it. I don't know. I would like to eat more plant-based. That's just something that I have to take baby steps with, with my partner because it's not something I can go zero to a hundred of going straight plant-based. I need to find like yummy alternative options. I digress. Okay. Um, yeah, that cheat meal. (laughs) So my sophomore year, I gained a lot of weight back and then continuously would go on a diet and gain it back, go on a diet, gain it back. So that what if piece, right? Like what if I had never been on a diet in my life? And part of me thinks that there is a direct correlation to that, that there are people in this world who have never been on a diet. And their bodies stay at a very, very, very normal size throughout their whole life. Because their body has like equilibrium to a healthy place. Yes, they might gain some weight throughout their life. But gaining some weight throughout our lives is not a bad thing. If we stayed the same size that we started as, we would all be like 6 pounds or 8 pounds or the equational like 12 or 14-er. Some people two pounds, one pound. We would, that's not realistic, right? We're supposed to grow. Our bodies are supposed to change. They're meant to. They're meant to. And from the ages of zero to 18, more than anything, your body is changing and developing and normalizing. Think about puberty. Some people, like you get puberty between like nine and 17 for some people. Okay, maybe even a little younger or older. Your body hasn't regulated all of that yet. Your body hasn't regulated its hormones and yourself. You're changing, you're growing, you're learning, you're still developing. I think about 18, I'm like, 18 is so young. <laughs> like, I used to think at 18, like, yeah, I'm fucking old and wise and cultured and badass as fuck. <laughs> I've always been bad that. I've always been a badass. (laughs) The thing that you will learn about me, one of the many things you'll learn about me, is my brain starts a thought and then it hops to another thought. And so sometimes following my pattern and train of thought can be like playing leapfrog. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good comparison. Maybe I'll come up with a better one over time. So just bear with me. That's just who I am. That's how my brain works. It's a beautiful thing and I often don't take up as much space as my brain could take up. (laughs) Especially in the last year of my life, I've really, I can take up as much space as I want or need to, but I don't want to be the center of the space. I have no desire for that. So I give myself the attention when I need the attention and that helps. Helps a lot. Wow, this has been so fun. I was feeling really, really good and had this thought of coming on to the podcast and talking about sex. More importantly, the importance of foreplay. And this conversation went a hundred different ways and not even to that today. We'll go back to it. Maybe next episode. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, at some point I will definitely talk about the importance of foreplay.
I think it would be fun to almost have a guest on for that episode. We'll see. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. And we're striving for growth and not perfection and just getting it done, right? I know that my first podcast episode of the Inner Dialogue podcast would not be perfect. And that's not what I'm striving for. We're striving for growth and we're striving for done. And this is something that I have been thinking about and wanting to do for the last couple of weeks. And I'm excited to see where it grows and how I improve and get a comfortable, more comfortable chair for in here and a tray table for my computer rather than the trash can. It's a beautiful thing. Just starting. Just start. The thing that you have been thinking about and desiring to do, just start. It's allowed to be messy. It's your first draft to create the most perfect thing ever. There's always going to be room for growth. There's always going to be room for improvement. So give yourself the space to have those things. You support others in that way. You love on others when they're not perfect and when they're learning and when they're trying and walking in the direction of the steps of their dreams and desires. Support yourself. Celebrate yourself. You're the only one that can do it. Only you. Nobody's going to create your dreams for you. This is so fucking cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I love all of you guys already and you don't even know this is coming. Okay. I'm going to get off before I just keep going random and random and random. I love you. I hope you have just the most beautiful day and abundance is coming your way. Ask for it. Receive it. Open yourself up to it. It's ready to come in and to bless your life in beautiful and magical and colorful ways. You have a bright light inside of you. I love you.